Well, last time we spoke about happiness, so I have to repeat some of those things that we said. Uh, especially when we speak about happiness, uh, normally people think that happiness is stimulating the senses. Stimulating the senses is not happiness. That is what we call pleasure. So pleasure is seeing beautiful things, hearing beautiful music, or smelling pleasant perfumes, tasting pleasant food, or touching pleasant uh, touches. That is called pleasure. Our pleasure is different from happiness. Happiness is a state of mind, and that state of mind should be free from worries and anxieties, free from all kinds of disturbances. The mind that is calm and tranquil, that is the happy mind. Now, young people like the teenagers, they can never understand happiness because they are all the time going after pleasures. They think pleasure is the happiness. But pleasure is only one kind of sensation that we experience. There are three kinds of sensations, pleasant, unpleasant or painful, and the neutral sensation. So we are attracted to the pleasant sensation and we are repelled by the unpleasant sensation. But the problem is both pleasant and unpleasant sensations are just temporary. They're not permanent. So if we are attracted to the pleasant sensation, we like to have the pleasant sensation, but it is not there always. So when it is absent, we become unhappy as a result. So we derive not only pleasure from the pleasant sensation, we also derive unhappiness due to the absence. In the same way, the unpleasant sensation, when it is present, it is, we become unhappy. But, but when it is absent, we become happy. So we derive happiness as well as unhappiness from both pleasant and unpleasant sensations. So the pleasures are not the real happiness. This is why the Buddha pointed out that if you want to be happy, you should learn not to be attracted by the pleasure and not to be repelled or not to hate pain. And that is something that could be cultivated because that is simply an emotional reaction to pleasure and pain. So if we can learn to calm the mind and relax the body, we can be happy. And that happiness is being undisturbed by pleasure and pain.
Now, as people begin to grow older, they begin to understand this through their own experience. It is the young people who don't understand it, and when they get into trouble, they don't know how to come out of it. This is why they try to take these new drugs, thinking that that could make you happy. But that is not the way to happiness. <laughs> so it is very important, and once you get into the drugs, then of course you become addicted to that, and then you, don't, you can't get out of it. So that is worse than the un unhappiness you get by going after pleasures. And this is why people try to get into meditation and see whether they can uh, get into a kind of trance. They think meditation can put you into a trance where you become happy. But that is also not true. What puts you into a trance is not meditation. That is what is called hypnosis. And hypnosis and meditation are two different things. Because in hypnosis you, you try to concentrate. And that trying to concentrate makes you tired. And when you become tired, Without your knowledge, you go into a kind of sleep. And this sleep is not the normal sleep, it is what is called the hypnotic sleep, which is a state midway between waking and sleeping. It is a state that everyone passes through when you go to sleep. So that stage between waking and sleeping is extended in the hypnotic state. That is the trance that people begin to experience. And in that trance, you are dreaming. So you get into that dreamy state. That is the hypnotic state. But meditation is being awake not sleeping. So that is very different from the sleepy state, of the hypnotic state. So that is very important to understand. So today, someone was calling me from Sri Lanka and asking me about meditation. They are also confused because they tend to think that they don't know what hypnosis is, but they naturally enter the hypnotic state because they begin to concentrate, and they think they have entered samadhi. So I always tell them that uh, entering the hypnotic state is not such a difficult thing, but entering samadhi is fairly difficult because you have to get rid of your emotions or emotional excitements and calm the mind. And that is something that you have to practice for a long time. Hypnotic state, 
within five minutes you can enter the hypnotic state. You don't need to uh, struggle very much for that. So, uh, so it is very important to understand that what we call samadhi is purifying the mind. Purifying the mind is very important to understand that. Our mind is like water, and water can get polluted. And when the water is polluted, if the water becomes muddy, then you can't see through the water. Or even if the water is uh, disturbed, even then you can't see through the water. But in the same way, the mind can be polluted when the emotions are aroused and then you can't think clearly. You see, when we speak of the mind, we should understand that there are two parts of the mind, a thinking part and the emotional part. And the thinking can be done properly only when the mind is not polluted by the emotions. So it is the emotions that pollute the mind. So when we say mind and thinking, we are referring to the activity of the brain. When we talk about the emotions, we are really talking about a disturbance in the whole body. It's not just the mind. When, the mind. when we talk about emotions, an emotion is aroused when a message goes from the brain to a gland and the gland secreting a hormone into the blood and the blood carries the hormone to the whole body and changes take place in the body. The, various organs begin to function in a different way. Like when you are angry, a hormone called adrenaline gets into the blood and this is carried to the whole body and various parts of the body begin to behave in a different way. The heart begins to beat faster, breathing becomes heavier, the, all the muscles in the body become tensed, the pupils in the eye dilate and hair stand on end and all kinds of things happen. And the face becomes distorted because of the muscles. And the face can become red because more blood falls into the capillary, capillaries in the face. So all these changes means you have become angry. And when you are angry, you can't think properly. And you begin to use bad language and you begin to fight and quarrel. See, that's the complete disturbance of the body. And that disturbance is what is today called stress. It is like a situation when uh, planes come and uh, bomb a city, then you get messages coming from the government 
asking people to stay at home, not to go into the road, maybe switch off the lights and all kinds of things. And uh, army vehicles will be going around in the roads. So like that, a lot of things happen which are not normal. And that is what an emotion is. So this is why we should learn to gain control over the emotions. These two things are very important, the thinking part and the emotional part. You see, out of all the animals in the world, the human being is also an animal who is special only because the human being can think and reason out. That is what is special about the human being. And this ability is being used today in the form of science. All the scientific discoveries, inventions, technology, all that is coming from this ability to think, which we normally call intelligence. That is the activity of the brain. But when the emotions are aroused, the emotions begin to dominate the mind. And the thinking can be controlled by the emotions. And we begin to reason out in the wrong way. Although the human being has this special ability to think and reason out, and even the human being has the ability that other animals don't have, which is the ability when the emotions are aroused, the thinking part can stop the emotional reaction and make a decision, whether to be carried away by the emotion or to act rationally instead of emotionally. The human being has this ability, but these other animals don't have that ability. Like a dog when it begins to get frightened and maybe starts barking, that dog cannot stop that. But the problem is, every human being doesn't make use of this ability all the time. And that is why there is so much crime in the world, wars in the world, all the terrorism. All these things are happening because the human being doesn't make use of that ability. Now with all the advancements in science, Crime has not stopped in the world. Crime has not disappeared. Wars have not disappeared. People have not become really civilized in that sense. Even the so-called civilized people also begin to fight and quarrel. You see, everyone talks about peace and they like peace. 
But there is no peace in the world. Why? Everyone wants to be happy, but they don't know what happiness is. This is a problem. This is why the Buddha pointed out that the cause of all unhappiness is the emotions. When he used the word tanha, he was referring to the emotion. But today, tanha is translated as craving. Tanha is not craving. Tanha is emotion. And it is the emotion that has to be controlled. Now, emotion can be useful sometimes, like electricity we are using, very useful electricity. But if you use it in the wrong way, it can kill you. Or even fire, fire can be useful. It can use for cooking and so many other activities like heating the house. But if you use it in the wrong way, the whole house can catch fire. It can burn you. So these emotions are also like the fire or electricity. This is why the Buddha pointed out that the thinking part should dominate the mind, not the emotion. And that is what the Buddha achieved. Becoming a Buddha means to eliminate emotions altogether. And that is how we can be happy. Happiness is not an emotion. Now today people think there are good emotions and bad emotions. There are no good emotions. All emotions are self-centered. This is what Sigmund Freud found out. Although there are some people who think that there are good emotions, even the Buddha pointed out there are no good emotions. All emotions are self-centered. When the Buddha spoke about metta, karuna, mudita, upekka, some people think they are emotions. Those are not emotions. There was a modern psychologist, Eric Fromm, I think he's also dead by now. But he wrote a book called The Art of Loving. There he pointed out that this word love in English is misleading. Even sexual activity is called making love. You see, that is not love. So he chose three Greek words to show the difference between different kinds of love. One word was eros. Eros means sexual love. Love between a man and a woman. That is sexual love. That is an emotion. Then he used another word, philia. That word is also self-centered. That is the love within a family, like the parents love the children, or the children love the parents, or the brothers and the sisters. Now that kind of love is what he called philia. But even that love is self-centered. 
But then he spoke about another word called agape. And that is unselfish interest in the welfare of others. He quotes the Bible saying, love thy neighbor as thyself, that kind of love. Uh, there, are, there is a joke where someone said, you can love your neighbor as yourself, but don't get caught. <laughs> so that is a different kind of love again. It's not that kind of love. This is the love without any selfish motives. You see, that is the selfless love. That is what the Buddha called metta. So metta refers to that kind of love, which is called friendliness or friendship. So it's not an attachment. And uh, so this love, when developed, becomes karuna. Karuna is the depth dimension. How deeply are you interested in the welfare of others? And when karuna comes up, you don't distinguish between yourself and others. Others are as important as yourself. And therefore, all selfishness disappears. Instead of thinking I and you, you begin to think of we. Just like the mother thinks of her only child. Willing even to sacrifice her life for the child. Now that kind of love, when properly developed, all selfishness disappears and you become happy as a result. The happiness it because all unhappiness is self-centered. And when the unhappiness disappears, you become happy. That is called modita. Modita is the happiness of selflessness. And that state of happiness is not an excitement. It is a calm, tranquil state of the mind peace of mind. And that tranquility means you are not disturbed by the changing conditions or vicissitudes of life. Gain and loss, fame and ill-fame, praise and blame, pleasure and pain. These two things don't disturb the mind because the mind is calm and tranquil and unselfish. Such a mind is tranquil and focused within and is able to become aware of the mental processes as impersonal processes going on depending on the necessary conditions. 
that everything that is going on even inside is not due to a person doing the thinking or speaking or acting these are all impersonal process going on only because of the presence of the necessary conditions that is to understand the impersonality of all experience so this is the kind of happiness that the buddha spoke of and that is what we can cultivate by learning to practice meditation in the proper way because when i say meditation it is not the kind of meditation that people do today even buddhists so called buddhists and even teachers of meditation they teach the wrong kind of meditation because everyone begins to practice concentration that is the biggest mistake meditation is not concentration meditation is learning to relax the body and calm the mind by thinking only good thoughts unselfish thoughts so i think i have said enough for the day huh now which the question time is come up so in meditation should we in meditation do you recommend that we'll think the positive thoughts over and over again or stay with a positive feeling what's more important repeating i call it selective thinking now selective thinking means you're not thinking any thought that comes into the mind you select the thoughts whenever a bad thought comes is all self centered you throw it out and you begin to think only good thoughts and you can choose good thoughts and begin to think you don't have to just wait till good thoughts come into your mind because most of the time the thoughts that come into the mind is bad or self-centered thoughts so whenever bad thoughts come in you throw it out and you begin to think good thoughts and as an exercise the th- good thoughts you start thinking about is to think of the buddha dhamma and sangha when you think of the buddha you think of a person who has purified the mind who is thinking only good thoughts no bad thoughts at all so when you think of such a person your mind also begins to think good thoughts and dhamma is the teaching of the buddha which is also about cultivating good thoughts there the teaching is about how to cultivate good thoughts and when you think of the sangha we are thinking of the followers of the buddha who are also practicing thinking good thoughts 
So by thinking of the Buddha, Dhamma and the Sangha, you'll be thinking good thoughts. So that is the kind of meditation. And to do this meditation, you don't have to sit like a statue. You can do it standing, walking, sitting, or even lying down. But of course, for the beginners, we don't recommend lying down because you might go to sleep. So the important thing is, the best thing is to start with walking. As you walk, you think good thoughts and avoid bad thoughts. That's how you begin the meditation. You don't have to be seated all the time. Now that is what happens. Most people when they say they are meditating, they sit and go into this dreamy state and they get hypnotized and they hallucinate. And when they see lights or some other uh, dreamy things, you begin to think you have become enlightened. Most people do that. So this is why it is very important to first understand what meditation is and then practice it in the right way. Yeah, I understand. Um, huh? it, I would think that after thinking positive wholesome, selfless thoughts, after a while, you would be able to have your mind in kind of a state you, of kindness. You to? Yeah, your mind will be kind, will wholesome, will feel yeah. metta. Yeah, so you keep on re repeating the good thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing. Okay. That is how you purify the mind. 